you're like me, you probably have a, a morning routine. I've, I've heard it jokingly heard it said the morning routine is phone, wallet, keys. Phone, you know, and if you're like me, you may even have a little dance you do with it. Okay, my phone here, wallet, key. Like, you know, okay, I'm not leaving the house till I have my phone, my wallet, and my keys. You know, we, we live up in Gluckstadt, and I tell folks, we live just far enough out that it's irritating if you forgot something. It's not that bad a trip, but it's just, you're just far enough out, you're like, I'm going back to get my phone because it's basically surgically attached to my hip at this point. But, uh, but those are the things I leave the house with. Phone, wallet, keys. Phone, wallet, keys. But there's one more thing I leave the house with every morning. It's just right here. It's this little wooden cross that I keep in my wallet, my pocket rather. I keep it with me all the time. Fits just perfect. It's, it's a little palm cross. Fits just perfect in my hand. I keep it with me. There's very few times in my life when this right here is not with me. Uh, it's a perfect just for my pocket. I put it in there. If I'm in a situation where I'm trying to pray through something or discern something, I'll sometimes um, just put my hand in my pocket and reach for it and kind of keep it with me just to kind of help keep me focused. If I'm in a place where I'm trying to focus on God, focus on his goodness and mercy, I'll reach my hand in my pocket and I'll put this out and kind of hold on to it. I, I keep this with me pretty much at all times. You can tell it's kind of worn and weary after the time. But here's the thing, a little secret. Have a bag full of these. Um, I, I sometimes, as when I'm with praying with somebody or in a hospital visit, sometimes the Lord just say, give this to them, and I'll give it over. I go, every time I go to Israel, I buy a bunch of these little crosses, and I keep them in a bag. They're from Beth, this is from Bethlehem, olive wood. Uh, made there by Bethlehem, made by a store that's uh, owned by my friend Daniel. Daniel is a Christian, lives in, uh, lives in Bethlehem. Uh, there aren't many Christians left in the Holy Land. Many of them have left. It's a, it's a difficult thing to be a Christian in the Holy Land today. Uh, everybody hates you. Uh, the, typically, uh, the Israeli authority is not a real big fan of you because you're Palestinian. So they're not really trusted by the Israelis. And they're not trusted by the Palestinians because they're Christian. So really, everybody hates them. It's a very difficult life to be a Christian in the Holy Land today. In fact, many of them have left. Daniel has told me his community has lost thousands of residents. They've moved to America to the land of opportunity of Flint, Michigan. So yeah, I'm like, Daniel, that's not really, you know, I don't know that's much better. So, uh, but Daniel, uh, I met him for the first time uh, in Bethlehem as the Church of the Nativity. And uh, that's the traditional site of uh, the birth of Christ. So they want you to have a tour guide when you tour the church. So Daniel was our tour guide. And he took us through it, and it was beautiful. And then the other significant place in Bethlehem is the shepherd's field. The shepherd's field is the traditional site where the shepherds were keeping watch of their flocks by night and were sore afraid the shepherd's field. So you go there, and across the street from the shepherd's field is a, is a place called Boaz's Field. Boaz's Field is a uh, souvenir shop. But that's not really the right way to put it. It's more of an artisan shop. Boaz's Field is, is the only place when I go to the Holy Land that I buy souvenirs from. I actually have a couple boxes of their stuff in my office if anybody would ever like to see what they do there. Um, but I go to Boaz's Field, and that's where I purchase my crosses at. And I purchase any souvenirs I buy there. Because Boaz's Field is not just a souvenir shop. 
It's a, uh, it's a shop owned by Christians. And they manufacture olive wood products and other things. And they sell them. And then they use the proceeds of what they sell to support the widows and orphans in their community. They are literally an Acts 2 church. You remember Acts 2 when it says they took care of their widows and orphans? They are literally a community of Christians that sell their products and they use the proceeds from what they sell to support the widows and orphans of their community. That's why I support them. That's why when I take my cross out and I pray for my friend Daniel and his life in the Holy Land, it's a very difficult life. I pray for him. But I think it's significant that the name of their store is Boaz's Field. Here we are, thousands of years after Boaz. Thousands of years after Boaz, who in today's scripture we'll see acted incredibly kind towards Ruth and Naomi. There are fellow Christians in the Holy Land who are living out that kindness. That Boaz, that name, that individual, that story, that historic fact, that name reverberates to this day in regards to kindness. Kindness. We all look at Scripture through certain lenses. We all see the Word of God through certain lenses, and that's okay. The lens that I examine all of Scripture through is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. That's how I look at all the Scripture through. In other words, that Christ died for the world, and Christ died so that all may know him as Savior. I said yesterday on Facebook, Wesley talked of the alls. All can be saved. All, can, all need salvation. All can be saved. All can feel the assurance of salvation. And all can be saved to the uttermost. In other words, Christ died so that all can know him as Lord. That's the lenses that I'll look at Scripture through. Now, let's look at Boaz. Let's look at Boaz. Scripture's clear. Deuteronomy 23. We talked of it two weeks ago. How it says that, that no Moabite shall enter the assembly of God. Where's Ruth from? She's from Moab. So, how then can Boaz be a redeemer of Ruth, allowing her to come into the assembly of God if she is from Moab? Well, let's back up and look at what Ruth did. Scripture says this. When Naomi says, Ruth, go home. Nothing I can do for you. Go home. She says, no, I will go with you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So what does Ruth do? Ruth turns from her old ways, turns from her old people, turns from her old God and says, no, I will go with you. Where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. And your God will be my God. So let me ask you this. In regards to the kindness of God, the redemptive kindness of God, 
Would God ever turn away somebody that says, I turn from my ways of the past, and I turn to embrace you, embrace your love, embrace your grace, embrace your holiness? Of course not. God is a God that is kind. God is a God that is redemptive. God is a God that is merciful. And when we turn from the ways of the past, turn from the mistakes of the past, and turn to embrace his love and mercy, he will accept us in his grace. Because God is a God of kindness. Scripture is clear across the books that God is kind, even in the Old Testament. When you read the Old Testament about all the, the harsh penalties, you know, that's one of the critiques we hear sometimes in the Old Testament. Boy, it's, it's, God's hateful in that. Oh, he's mean. Ooh, ooh. Well, you know how often in Scripture God actually enforced the penalties laid out in the Old Testament law? Not often. Well, why were they there? Well, they were there to show that God calls his people to be different. As Christians, we're called to be different. And to walk with God requires us to walk faithfully with God and avoid things that are destructive. But even then, even the Old Testament, the laws he put forth would seem harsh to us. Even that, there is kindness. There is kindness because he showed grace so often in the failings of his people. When they would not obey by the covenant they made. When they would not obey the rules that they agreed to follow. God does not always bring judgment. But even in the Old Testament, God shows grace and kindness. We see it in the New Testament. When he he is kind with the disciples when they don't understand. Scripture says when people would follow him, he would say, it said he was like a, he he had kindness and pity towards them because they were like sheep without a shepherd Christ, God showed kindness over and over in the Old Testament to his people through his mercy. And God showed kindness over and over and over in the New Testament to his people. Why? Because kindness changes things. God's redemptive, covenantal kindness changes things. When we look, see, that's what we see today in Ruth 3. We see an act of covenantal kindness to the people. Now, yeah, this story has some, um, shall we say, oddities to it, some cultural things about, you know, when Naomi says, go lay at his feet and all this. Holly and I, our first date wasn't kind of like that. It was very different. I think we went to a movie, maybe, you know. Uh, it's an interesting first date. Um, which doesn't often make sense to our cultural ears. We don't quite understand it, but that was part. It's clear how it. They're both. He. He. he they both honor each other. Like they show that they're a good character and all that. So, um, which it is different. But you know. But what I want. What I want you to focus on it and the cultural differences of, of that. But notice, what, Ruth says to Boaz. Will you cover me with your wings? That's a reference to the Levitical covenant, how God covers Israel with his wings, how God shows protection for Israel, how God is the redeemer of Israel from their sins. God redeems his people. God God shows kindness to his people. God shows grace to his people. God covers his people 
in that way. And so Ruth says to Boaz, will you fulfill your redemptive ability? Will you redeem me? Will you, because as a widow, as Jennifer said earlier during the children's moment, as a widow, she had no one to protect her. And, And Boaz, being family, could redeem her, could protect her, could be that kindness of God to her. Will you redeem me? Will you save me? Will you cover me with your wings as God covers his people with his wings? And so then, what does Boaz say? You have shown me great kindness. You have shown me great kindness and that I am older. There were younger men that you could have sought to have been your redeemer. But you showed me kindness. So Ruth shows kindness to Boaz. Boaz shows that redemptive kindness of God to Ruth. So you see in here kindness shown and kindness given. And what we see in Scripture is this, that that redemptive kindness of God changes people. Yes, Ruth is going to be changed as Boaz redeems her in the next chapter. And Boaz will be changed as Ruth in time will become his wife. But I don't want you to focus on their redemptive kindness. Here's who I think is the most beautiful act of redemption in this book is Naomi. Because hit rewind. Go back to chapter 1. What does Naomi say? Oh, the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. The Lord has crushed me. The Lord has taken these things from me and dealt bitterly with me. She is broken and bitter. And what does Boaz show Ruth? And Ruth show Naomi? Kindness. Kindness. Boaz, basically, it's interesting if you look at their words. Naomi's words about what the Lord has done in chapter 1 versus Boaz's words in chapter 3. They, they mimic each other. I, I love that State Farm commercial where, um, if you've seen it, where, where the guy, like it's two people. One's a teenager getting her first car. And the other's the guy that has his car stolen or broken. And they're like, they're like saying the same thing. Like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. It's happening, sweetheart. It's happening, sweetheart. You know, like the same words, but said in different contexts. That's kind of what happens with Naomi and Boaz. One is like, the Lord has done this. The other is, the Lord has done this. What's the difference? Boaz has been shown kindness by Ruth. Boaz has shown kindness to Ruth. And now Boaz will show kindness to Naomi. And we will see in chapter 4 that the kindness of Boaz... That, by the way, which is the very kindness of God, that notion of showing, protecting me with your wings, that's so God language. The kindness of God to Boaz impacts Boaz to show kindness to Ruth, to show kindness to Naomi. And that act of kindness, that redemptive act of kindness will change Naomi. But here's the thing about kindness. One of my favorite books by C.S. Lewis is the Screwtape Letters. If you've not read the Screwtape Letters, you really need to add it to your reading list. 
But there's, it's, it's, a, it's an allegory of a senior devil in hell writing a lesser devil about how to keep a Christian from growing. And one of my favorite quotes in there is this. Always let them feel, but never act. For the more they feel and the less they act, the less they will feel. Kindness is not merely an emotion. Kindness is not merely hashtag thoughts and prayers. Kindness is action. Kindness is showing the redemptive love to those that are in need. Kindness is showing the redemptive love of God to those that are broken. Kindness is showing the redemptive love of God to all that need to know him. Kindness is Ruth honoring Boaz saying, protect me with your wings. Kindness is Boaz regarding Ruth, saying, you have shown me kindness after kindness. Kindness is Boaz saying to Ruth, go, take this grain to your mother-in-law so that you will not return empty-handed. Kindness is what God did for us in the cross. Kindness from God, God's kindness is not some type of metaphorical, emotional, non-tangible act. But kindness is the love of Christ that is shown in his life, his death, and his resurrection. Kindness is the cross. The redemptive love of God to redeem the world through the blood of Christ and through the power of resurrection. That is kindness. Kindness is the cross. And kindness is what my friend Daniel does by taking care of the widows and orphans in his community. Kindness is not merely an emotion, but kindness is an action. And the danger we run into as Christians is if all that we ever do is feel emotion, hashtag thoughts and prayers, and don't actually show kindness through our actions, And time will stop feeling anything. So in this week, will you show kindness? Will you show mercy? Will you show the redemptive love of God to someone in your life? Because that redemptive love of God, that redemptive kindness can change lives. That redemptive kindness of God that redemptive kindness of God through the cross changes our life. Will you show that kindness to someone else this week? And will you see that grace change their life? Let us be kind. Let us pray.